just being thankful for life and, and for air in our lungs. And um, this one, I think one of the main lessons I've learned, there's a few that I've been writing down through the season, but one of them is how quickly things can change. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we're not prepared uh, and they catch us off guard, that can really shake us. And when we are prepared, uh, we actually enter into those seasons with a little more peace and confidence uh, because we know we were, a, we were anticipating some of these things that come. And there's some things you can't anticipate, but there are other things you can. And so, uh, yeah, so in this, in this season, we're really trying to take uh, from scriptures ideas that will help us on this journey and then uh, walk through these, these ideas. And so we're in a series. This is the fourth week. We start on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, really talking about the story of our lives, right, and the story of this season. Um, and, and really, um, here, here's what's going to happen. In two months, two years, 20 years, eternity, we're all going to look back, and what we're going through now will only be a story that we'll tell, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll be a story told of you, told of me, told of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, really the question is, what do we want that story to be, right? And so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it's very interesting because I do uh, sense that there's not just us, but there's a lot of people just going through um, this season, and they are trying to say, what is the learning, what is the learning lesson in all of this? Um, it's it's easy for us to just say this sucks like I don't like being in this but I am hearing more of because there's a lot of self-reflection and a lot of people's just kind of internally thinking about you know where am I how are things going and so us being able to just kind of talk about it and dialogue about it and we've had a lot of great conversations because of it just talking about you know what the even just the what ifs you know like we use the words what ifs and if only um, and just, you know, talking about what will this story be after all of this, you know, what's going on nationally. Um, I, I was able to sit down and watch, you know, the launch, the space launch yesterday, and I'm thinking, wow, it's been nine years since the U.S. has sent two astronauts, astronauts into space. And I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, wow, like, I remember growing up, I love space, being able to have those memories of saying, I remember this happened. And there's pivotal things happening in the world right now that has created um, a, a moment for us to either to, to say, okay, self-reflect memories or um, learning, learning opportunities in it all. And we will talk about it one day with our kids. Um, and uh, it's, it's just interesting. But we're all in this together. We're yeah. all doing it together. No, it's true. And so when the story of COVID-19 is told, what story do you want told of you is really the question we're asking for this whole series, right? What do you want told of you? Um, you know, in, in key moments, I should talk about history. People remember where they were, different uh, moments of, of tragedy, mm-hmm. some of success, right? That was, we always remember where we were. And a lot of people going through it, they don't, I don't think they thought, wow, my name's going to be in a history book one day. I'm gonna, my, what, what my decision is right now is going to be talked about forever. And in some cases, that's really good. Other cases, that's really, really bad. And so for us, this, this uh, series is really about we're going to end up on one side of the if, right? If you do this, you'll get these results. And depending on what we decide to do now, will de- be will determine how we end in the in the end, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you're going to end up somewhere, and your story will be told somehow. What is that story you want to be told? And we're saying let's be intentional, let's be proactive to make sure we want uh, the story we want told of us is going to be the story told because we're actually thinking, working towards that direction, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we talk about words the first week. Mm-hmm. We talked about the what ifs. We t- last week we talked about only if, right? If only. Yeah. Um, that was destination disease, right? Where people yeah. say, I'd be happy when this thing happens, right? And we're always looking towards this future destination. Um, we talked about regrets, mm-hmm. right? That was a great article you shared, the nine, nine uh, regrets that, that people have at the edge of their, end of their life. And we want to be the church, especially I want to be a person that doesn't live with those kind of regrets, right? that we, we live, we, we're living uh, with intentionality and purpose. And so we don't look back and say, I wish I would have. But rather, I'm so grateful that I, I stepped up and did that. Um, yeah, because it's a journey, right? And the destination 
Um, a lot of times we, we are waiting for something else to take place. I think the best analogy maybe is a marriage, right? So everybody wants the dream wedding, right? Everybody wants the dream marriage. Um, but the marriage and the wedding are two different things. And many couples will put a lot of energy and time and even fighting and, and, and resources towards their wedding, mm-hmm. right? But not as many who put that energy into their wedding do the same for their, their marriage. And honestly, um, happily, ever after, happily ever after is a destination, right, that you have to actually choose to walk towards. It's not somewhere you just end up. It's somewhere you choose to actually end up at. And it's a, it's a choice that we make. The same way you put energy into, we say a wedding, but that could be college, that could be your work, that could be your family, that could be whatever it is. The same energy you put into that, if you'll put it into the rest of your life, you'll see great great results. And so, um, yeah, it's a journey that we're on. Definitely. So. And if we focus on the wrong part of the journey, we'll always live with if only regrets. And that was last week. We don't want to do that. And so um, today we're going to finish a series about living on the other side of if. Um, and for us as Jesus followers, we always look, we all look at Jesus' teachings and say, what did he have to say about what we're in? Right. It's the greatest thing we can do is look at his teachings and look at his word, his Bible, the Bible and say, what can, what can I learn from this that I can apply uh, to life? Right. And he told the story at the end. He told them multiple times. It's probably one of his go-to stories, I'm guessing, when he would walk and, and, and teach because they, the, the gospel writers recorded it in different instances. But the first time it's recorded is in Matthew uh, because it's the first uh, gospel, right? The first book of the, of, of, of the gospels, the book of Matthew. And Jesus is doing this teaching called the Sermon on the Mount. It's the first recorded sermon that he has. And he's going through these different teachings about what the kingdom of God is like, how God wants us to live, how we should respond to people, how we should treat our enemies, how we should pray, uh, how we should, you know, um, just the way we should think, different, different things we should put first. And he ends the whole sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, with this short little parable or teaching. All right. And I'm going to read it for you. And we have a little bit of a little, little illustration here to help. Uh, to show you what, what it says. But this is what Jesus says in Matthew 7. He said, Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. So we get a house here, right? And the first person, Jesus says, the, first, the, the person that, that builds his life upon a solid foundation, right? That listens to my words, my teachings, and follows it, is like a person who builds on a house. So we got a glazed rock, right? Got a glazed from, rock. from last week. You missed <laughs> that? Go listen. Um, we got a solid foundation, right? It's solid. And he says the person who listens and follows is wise. It's like a person who's building their life, their house on something that's solid, right? And he goes on and says this. He says, um, when, though the rains come, so when the rains come, right, and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, right, it won't be collapsed because it's built on bedrock. And so you get the storms of life that are going to come this season, of, of, of COVID, it's a storm, right? We, we face them. And even during the season, there's been other um, natural disasters that have taken place, right? If these things happen, these things come. And whatever that is, it could be a health, it could be relationship. But the person that builds on solid rock, when the, when the floodwaters come, it doesn't, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't ruin their life, right? But he goes on and says this, but anyone who hears these teachings, the person that hears them and doesn't obey, right? So we've got two houses look exactly the same. Is like a is, is like a, a foolish person, right? Who builds a house on sand? So we got some sand here. And he says the foolish person builds his life on sand. And it says when and he goes on and says when the rains and floods come, right, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So we got the winds and we got the rains and it comes. And he says in that house. 
that's built upon the sand, when it comes and beats against it, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Many of us during this season, those who have built up their life upon the sand, right? Their hope has been in maybe Wall Street for a long time. Their hope is built in the possessions they have, their job, their workplace. Notice what he says. It's not the house. We get stuck on the externals, right? It's not the house that's so important. It's the fact that what you're building upon is the foundation. And when we don't build on the right foundation, the results is what Jesus says the results are going to be. And during this season, um, we want to challenge you to say, let's be these kind of people that build on something solid, on something, something strong. Essentially, Jesus is saying, if you'll pay attention, if you listen, then you'll see the results that you want to see, right? Um, it's, it's like the statement, um, you might have heard it, is play now, play late, pay later, or you can pay now and you can play later. And if you choose to play now and pay later, the cost is always more. Yeah. And I think this is the struggle a lot of times in our, the, the, our culture, I think, really struggles with is because we want to have all of the fun now and not have any of the cost later, right? And so we choose to uh, go with ease, right? I, I think the sand, the teaching. Fully focus and be able to study and invest in yourself. It takes that sacrifice and it is hard work. It is you know, I, I'm all about people that love to hustle, um, but I loved the people that know how to be able to say, okay, if I hustle now, I can play later, you know, and it's it's not it's not easy, but it definitely takes a lot of um, discipline and and a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And today is what we want to talk about. What does that look like to build your life on a solid foundation? Right. What What, what is that exactly just saying? Because the end of his teaching, he just taught all of these principles. Right. He just said, here's how you should build your life. And then he says, the wise person takes these words, these teachings, and applies it, lives it out, and they'll have really good results. But a yeah. foolish person hears them, but just ignores them and goes on, right? And I think when we build life upon sand, we're following culture, we're, find, we're following the easy way, we're going downstream, we're just mm-hmm. going with the flow, right? And so our, our theme verse for this whole series of living on the other side of it is this, that Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up, you can see a harvest of blessing. You know, too too many times we want the fruit, we want the enjoyment of what's going to happen because of the hard work. We just don't want to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. And hard work comes before even the, the planting season, right? It's it's a it's one of the first principles that, that God mentions in scriptures is seed time and harvest, right? That there's this, this time to plant and there's this time to uh, to harvest. There's a plant to, time to work and there's a time to enjoy uh, the, the fruit of our work, right? The labor that we do. And He's inviting us into that, saying. If it, be wise and understand life is connected. Your choices, my choices will produce something. What are they going to produce? And Jesus says if you follow him, solid foundation will produce great results. Sand is not going to produce great results. Um, right? In fact, um, I heard a story. My wife loves hearing my stories because I, I like reading these stories. And she always teases me. But there's a story of a man uh, named Admiral Jim Stock, Stockdale. Uh, he was a prisoner of war uh, for eight years, all right? And during this time when he was in, in confinement, he made it through and um, eventually even became one of the candidates for vice president. And uh, just, uh, you know, it, I read a book uh, about 20 years ago called uh, Good, uh, Good to Great uh, by Jim Collins, fantastic author. would be Jim Collins. If you read any of his books, you're going to enjoy them. Um, and so I read this book about 20 years ago, and it was one of the books that really changed um, my perspective on um, on business and business principles, 
Uh, because as he was writing, I was hearing this principle he's talking about. I'm thinking these are all in scripture. Like everything he's talking about, why how businesses work in scripture. And so this book just really inspired me and challenged me. But he told a story in this book. It was an interview that he had with Admiral Jim Stocksdale. And uh, he asked him some questions, you know, about what was it like being a prisoner of war, what took place, and how did you make it through those eight years? They were tough, right? Um, at one point, he even, um, because he don't give into the into the into the the propaganda they were saying, he actually cut his own face so that they wouldn't put him on camera to lie, right? And so he made himself just these the, invented these different ways to keep moving forward, not to give up. And he, when Jim Collins asked him the questions, like, how did you make it through? This is what he said: I never lost faith in the end of the story. And we're talking about stories. He said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. Um, I think that's a great statement right there as we talk about this season, right? Um, he was looking down the road. He wasn't just f- f- fixated on the, the uncomfortableness, um, the difficulty that he was in. He was looking down the road to say, what is this going to produce? And how can I stick in there so I don't miss the opportunity? And he went on and said this, I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end. And turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I, would, I will not trade. And so notice, notice what he says about eight years of, of prisoner of war. He would not trade the lessons he learned, right? Like that's almost saying I would do that again if it meant I could learn the same lesson. Because he understood that he was learning some things there. He's becoming um, somebody. And he never doubted he'll get out. But he also knew you know, he's going to prevail in the end. But at the same time, he knew there was other things. And so uh, Jim Collins asked him these questions. He said, well, who didn't make it out? Uh, out of the uh, other prisoner wars, what, what's their story? And he says, oh, that's easy. It's the optimists. And, and Jim Collins said, the optimists, what do you mean? He says, oh, the optimists, the, they, they're the ones who said we're going to be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go. And then they say we're going to be out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving. And then it would be Christmas again. And they died from a broken heart. So he says the optimists, the ones that were, were they're, they're hopeful, but they, they weren't doing some of the things he was doing to really embrace what was going on. They're the ones that didn't make it out. They died of a broken heart. I think in this season, if we're not careful, some of us can fall into that. Um, we just we keep moving forward. We're hoping things will just go away and change on their own, and we're not doing what we can do with the moment, right? We're not working. We're not developing. We're not talking to others, and we can get stuck, and we can become like those prisoners of war, right? We just we, we ignore what's going on. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what he says this. What the optimists failed to do was confront the reality of their situation. They didn't take a look. So for me, I'm an optimist. I, I see the positive in everything. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not blind to the reality of what's going on. I think this is the difference between me, me and others is um, I'm pragmatic in the sense I'm looking for what works. Um, I'm looking for, um, for learn from others, right? And I'm also preparing for different outcomes. And so um, like we talked in the beginning of the season, the people that, are, that were struggling the most didn't have any margin, right? That's financially. That's with health. That's with relationships. There was not this sense of they, they, they ordered their life in a way that they had a little extra space, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't cramped. They weren't um, um, stressed out because of the pressure on them. They had a little bit of margin there, right? And, and we're, we're talking that that's a big factor in this, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I listen to people like Dave Ramsey. He talks about finances. And one of his teachings, one of the principles is, man, make sure you have margin. Make sure you have some savings. Make sure you have these things so that when you do face anything that pops up unexpectedly, you're not going to freak out over it, right? And so we talked to people in their life, in their business. It's the same thing. They, they, were, they were embracing, they, believing the best, but they were also preparing and listening to, to wise teachings, right? Yeah. Where the opposite would be somebody that's like an ostrich, just sticks their head, head in the sand, hoping the difficulties will just go away, right? But that's, that's self-delusion, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tricking ourselves. And then 
here's what's so hard about this is it's a short-term fix. It makes us feel better for the, for the immediate, right? But then when you're eventually faced with reality, it becomes much harder, and, and sometimes people can't even face it and ha- handle it. And so in this story of, of, of Jim Stockdale, um, Jim Collins pulls this principle out of it. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. As you know, paradox is two ideas that almost seems contrary, but when you investigate them, they actually complement each other, right? They work together. And this is what Jim Collins got out of the interview with this prisoner of war. He said this, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail prevail in the end, and that's something we cannot afford to lose, right? We can't confuse the faith that in two months, three months, six months, six years, right, there's going to be this this journey where God's going to take everything bad Use it for good, right? You can't confuse that, right, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts. And notice discipline. That's something we choose to incorporate into our life, right? You want margin? You have to have a discipline of creating that into your life. And so he's saying don't confuse and confront, to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. And so today we want to end just by talking about that. What are those brutal facts? What do we need to do? How can we be brutally honest about this life, about this season, about what's going on, right? Because if we're not, we're just sticking our head in the sand hoping it all goes away. But if we'll confront the brutal facts and ask the hard questions, we can actually learn from this and we can grow from this and we can prepare even for the next season. And so that's going to be what we'll talk about today. And so, yeah, you, you read some great stuff last night. And I did. I read one quote that was really um, inspirational. It was from Pablo, Pablo Picasso, and it says, what one does in, in what one does is what counts, not what one had the intention of doing. And I'm all about that um, because we can always start off with certain intentions. Um, I, we know we know a lot of people that started off 2020 with goals, and um, they had intentions of having um, some big ones, and some might be little small ones. But I find it very interesting. I've been able to have some conversations with some people. And in conversations, whether it's jokingly or seriously, some of them have said, well, and then then COVID happened. And I think, wow, like it took, um, this is serious. This is a big thing that happened. And it could uh, really discourage a lot of people because maybe there are things that were in our goals that um, we had to be limited on some of those things. And so um, I find it interesting because um, sometimes, and, and this is where I guess the creative in me is one of those persons that says, God, through this, even though, let me still be consistent in goals that I still have and I still had in day one of January, January 1st, 2020. And, um, you know, I, I constantly have to remind myself to give myself grace because not every day is going to be on it, you know, with the emotions of um, ups and downs and everything. But the one thing is this is that I think um, our kids, our family, our people that are around us, maybe people that we're influenced by, our coworkers, uh, maybe the people that um, are under us if we're in a leadership role, I mean, people are watching us whether we're consistent or not and if we have a discipline or not. And um, one of the things is I, I want to be a person that says, um, you know, that if I'm going to say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't want to be a, I just don't want to be a sayer. I want to be a doer also. And I grew up, I guess, with some of that, um, with um, being the last of eight kids. My mom would constantly say, saying and doing are two different things. wanted to make sure that if we said we were going to do something, we better do it. And most of it had to go along on the lines of maybe it was 
um, you know, chores or whatever it is. But that followed in my as, as 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 I'm now a mother of four, and then also as just an adult. Like I wanted to start off the year with the intentions of saying I want to do this, and I want to be still a doer of that. And so I've tried to push myself um, to say no being around me. I still want the story to say, but I still tried, and I still I still pushed, and I had discipline, and I sacrificed, and I continued doing this because. Um, it could be create opportunities for us to just be weak and just say, well, I said I was going to do it, but then then we use that, but then COVID happened, um, or but then this happened, and we want I want to be a doer, you know, I want to be able to have action behind that, and so um, I thought that was just one thing that has kind of you know followed me as as I become an adult, you know, and so yeah, if only being to creep in, right? Yeah. You know, if only this would have been different, then I would have have better results. But the truth is we can't change that. We can mm-hmm. only change and determine, like choose what we're going to do with it next, right? So what we say, it's important, but only if we partner it with, partner it with what we our actions behind mm-hmm. that, right? It has to be both. Mm-hmm. So it's not just saying, but it's saying and doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let me read the same story that Jesus taught Matthew 20, in Matthew 7, uh, but in a different uh, paraphrase, in a, in a different translation. So the message says it like this. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, Homeowner improvements, right? So Jesus is saying these words that I'm speaking to you, um, he's saying these, these words, they're, they're not just to make you look better on the outside. Uh, you, that might help. It might help you on that. They're not just improvements to just the externals, right? They're, they're to your standard of living, to have a bigger house, you know, to have a fancier car. That's not the point of this, he says. They are foundational words to build a life on. So his words are not the house. His words are the foundation, Right? And he's saying, make sure you build upon that foundation. The, the words are foundational, the words to build your life upon. And he goes on and says this, if you work these words into your life, you'll take this word. He's talking about his words, not about scripture, he's talking about the Bible. If you'll work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock, right? So that when the rain poured and the rivers flooded and the tornadoes hit, right, and the stock market crashed, nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. Your life is fixed to the rock. He goes on and says, but if you just use my words, right, you just learn them, like that's great. Now I can use these against others, you know, and I'm going to take these and use them in Bible studies and, and you don't work them into your life. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when the storms rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a great house of cards. So maybe you're a high school student just graduated. What are you going to build your life upon? You can listen to all the things everybody else says, these good ideas that, Really, a lot of times are new ideas. They haven't proven themselves. They haven't worked. Or you can say, God, what are you saying? How can I build my life upon you? You know, one of the questions I think we can ask that, that helps us to um, confront the brutal facts is this question. How is it working for you? How is that working for you? How is that working out for you, right? When somebody talks about why they want to do what they do and, and all the excuses of why they can't do what they should do, and they say, well, you don't understand. Well, how is that working out for you? Well, it's not. Well, then stop making excuses and change it, right? I have these conversations with people, and they are like, well, you know, that's nice, your life and your choices, and, but I really want to do this. And my question is, well, how is that working out for you? How's, how's that working out in your marriage? How's that working out in school? How's that working out in relationships? And if they're honest, and they would stop and say, you know what, it's actually not working. And I would say, exactly, because you're building upon sand, not upon rock, right? Um, maybe one of the greatest um, um, uh, Parts of the gospel, that part of the Bible that really uh, brings uh, validity and truth and uh, even confidence to Jesus' teaching is his brother James. So imagine your half-brother, right, James. This would be the James, the half-brother of Jesus. 
didn't believe that you were the Son of God, didn't believe you were the Messiah, didn't even believe in you. Maybe you thought you were even a little crazy. And then your brother, James, the older brother Jesus, would die on that cross brutally, come back to life, right? And then appear to them. All of a sudden now James says, whoa, my half-brother, Jesus, he really was who he was talking about. And then he later on gives his life for the cause of Christ, right? So James is one of the, one of the greatest, I think, uh, parts of the faith that we have to say, if you want to really you know, see if Jesus is real and what he's talking about, listen to his half-brother James. And this is what his half-brother James says in James 1. I'd read that whole chapter. That whole book is a great, great read. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. Don't just listen to it. You listen on Sundays, you go to church, you read the Bible. Don't just listen. Don't just learn those words, right? You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Huh. Sounds like something Jesus said, right? Words, foolish, words, wise. But if you, for, if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at, a, at your face in a mirror, right? So if you listen, but you don't obey, you're going to glance and you're going to forget what you look like. You see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into God's perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, so if you actually learn the words and you do what it says, right, and you don't, don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. There's going to be a, something great that comes from it, right? So you, James is saying the same thing. If you'll build your life upon something that's solid, if you'll build your life upon something that's been proven to be true over the, over the centuries, you'll find the results that you're looking for, right? And so brutally honest, let's talk about that. So can we get brutally honest? Uh, this season has been ups and downs, right? Uh, so for me, honest as a pastor, it's really difficult because I have people in our church that, in our city, in our community, in our world, that I really care for and I love. And they're on one extreme of all this. And I have people that I care for and I love, and they're on the other extreme of this. And I get both these ideas from both sides, right? Have you heard this? Do you believe this? Do you know what's going on? And at times it's kind of like, um, man, that sounds really good. You're right. We should be really careful. Whoa, you're right. This is all conspiracy. Like, let's, right, whatever. We're, we're getting really upset, really mad. And these two extremes can be really hard to try to, um, to, try to balance, right, and try to have this perspective of how can we win. And so for me, it's ups and downs, right? One day I'm like, yes, let's go, let's go, let's go do whatever we need to do. Other days I'm like, you know, we need to be careful and uh, we should be, we should be cautious. And um, it, it just, it's just, it's who you're listening to is really important, right? And for me, I'm trying to take in these different voices because I do care and I want to have dialogue, I want discussion. And what I find is if I get online, I just type stuff that usually doesn't end well. But if I'll call them and we'll talk on the phone and uh, we can have a conversation, you know, um, it's going to be really good because I can hear what they're saying. They can hear what, what I'm saying. And it just works out. Um, but in the season, it's really difficult, right? And there's a part of me that just says, I just want to move on with this. I want to go forward, right? But then I also understand there's a part of our uh, community um, who is susceptible, and there's some that are even still fearful, and, and that, how can I honor them? How can I still love them in the middle of this season, right? So we got to get really honest about what we're feeling, what we're thinking, and not just make decisions because we feel like it. Because if I live by what I feel, I would be doing a lot of stuff that is – that the governor's not want us to do. I'd be doing a lot of stuff that others would say that I shouldn't be doing because it's what I feel like. It's what I want to do. But if I'm wise and I pay attention to say, all right, what is the wise thing to do in this moment? In t- two years, how is this, this story going to unfold where people either I'm going to lose influence unnecessarily or I'm going to gain influence? How can I use and leverage that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for us, you know, as a family, it's, it's, there's things that are challenging with it, right? Um, this season has been, been tough, and mm-hmm. it really has. 
Definitely. I think, um, let's be honest, TBH. Um, I think one of the things is, I think, um, you know, as, as our concern as pastors um, of the Grove and then also of people that just love people, we just love people. Um, I think we talk about what we've been talking about the last, since Mother's Day, because um, I think ultimately our hearts is that as we go through things in our lives, when we go through these mountains, we have this um, tension in our lives. We have opportunities for us to get better in our lives or us to get bitter. Um, or we can um, choose, choose, and this is, this is what's important, is we can choose to get healthier in these opportunities or, um, or just check out. And um, I think our concern, I think, in all of this has always been, like, I hope people just don't check out. You know, I hope people just don't say, well, this is, you know, we're, I'm, not, I'm not having to get together anymore. Maybe in some ways there's not accountability or people are not asking the hard questions or they don't have to see certain people. So people, they don't feel like there's um, a responsibility in some ways. But I just felt like, you know, to be honest, like there's times where, you know, our hearts keep us up at night because we're thinking, you know, I hope everybody's just healthy through this. And really, it's not just because our, our hearts are only just for people, but because this has been hard for us also. You know, there's been the, just the internal thinking and um, frustration because when you are limited and when you don't have people around you and those laughs and things that fuel you, you know what I'm saying? These are things that fuel us as people um, and community around us. You know, we talk about this all the time. The Grove is the grove and it's healthy because it's not just one tree by itself. It's because we're a community together. We're growing together where, um, when one is lacking, the other one says, Hey, I got you, you know? And so I think, um, through all of this, that's kind of our heart when, when we talk about, you know, let's be honest. This is why we've been talking about this is because our concern is we want to get together and we want to be able to embrace each other. We want to be able to say, Hey, how are you doing? And if it hasn't been 100 for you and it hasn't been healthy for you, it's okay because we're back and we'll be together again. But there's still daily decisions that we can make um, minute by minute that makes us healthier, you know? Yeah. And it's really our choice, right? We have to embrace that because honestly, okay, so COVID-19, that's part of the story, right? Well, if we're brutally honest, we don't know how exactly this is going to play out moving forward, right? We don't know if this is going to you know, the talk of will this reoccur? And in the future, will there be other things like this that pop up, right, that we don't can't foresee? Well, let's learn from this. What, were, what ways were we not prepared? How can we be better, right? For us as a church, we're asking questions. I'm asking a lot of questions. How can we be more efficient and effective as, as, a, as the body of Christ, right? What can we learn from this moving forward? So if everyone in a season like this, we can do it better. We can have a better plan going forward, right, that will create margin and, and some, some steps moving forward. So in, in the fall, if, if, I'm not saying it is, but if it does happen again, what are we going to do? And are we going to let overwhelm us and overtake us, right? Let's just get honest and have a conversation. If you're out there, maybe you're fearful still or maybe you have a lot of questions, reach out. We'd love to dialogue and talk because here's what I know. Whatever you're uh, thinking and, and maybe even in hearing and believing, I might be able to give you a different perspective, right? And when I talk to others, I like to hear both, both sides. We're going to be moving into a political season, right, where uh, there's, we're going to be voting for a new president. And last time this got really ugly. Man, there's people in our church that, that hold to both sides of the aisle, right? 
So how can, you know, and they're good people. And, and we have to get to that point where we say, you know, there's a lot of good people that are in one camp and there's a lot of good people in the other camp. Let's not just lump them all in the same way, right? Our country right now is trying to figure out what we do with racism. How do we move forward? This is a big deal, right? There's a lot that's going on around our nation. And so how can we just be, be honest and say, sometimes we don't know the answer. But then there's other times say, well, we can do something, right? Let's have the conversation. Let's move forward. Let's, let's talk about um, the, the potentials that are there, right? And then what are the principles that we should build upon? So God's word, it addresses a lot of those, right? You, you should have a little bit of savings. You should have some margin, right? The way you trust, the way you handle your finances, the way you do things uh, with, your, with your time, with your relationships. The scriptures talks to all of the different areas of our life, and it gives us insight on how to be really healthy with our lives. If we will take it and say, all right, I'm going to do something with this. Let's be brutally honest about, about this. Because at the end of the day, there will be results, right? And so the question I ask you when you're with finances, with your, with your health, with what you're eating, how's that working out for you? And if it's working out good, keep doing it. But if it's not, then you need to choose, right? So how's that working out for you? So here's our challenge um, for us this week, right? We, we want you to be brutally honest, right? Be brutally honest. This means you have to take inventory, this means you have to get a piece of paper out. This means you have to have a face-to-face conversation with somebody and say, okay, where are we at financially? Right? Where, where am I at physically? Where am I at emotionally, mentally? Why are these thoughts overtaking me? Right? And then we, we begin to write them down. Like, oh, here's the goals that I had. How, how am I tracking? Right? Because if, if we keep ignoring the things we're supposed to do, we just push them off into the future. Well, there's going to be a point in our future that we're going to say, I can't even do these anymore. Right? So we have to keep saying, all right, how do I move forward? Well, the only way you have is if you have some kind of way to track it, right? You have to have inventory where you're saying, this is this for the goals going into COVID. Have I accomplished them? If not, why don't I start now? Why don't I begin to help have others hold me accountable, right? Um, how, can I, how can I allow people to, to, on this journey with me, right? So uh, in every aspect of our life, take inventory, begin to write down, begin to have that conversation. Um, and to be honest, let's just say it. The enemy does not want you to succeed 2020. Um, maybe four or five months have been taken in some ways that maybe we've had to learn how to adjust in this. The enemy does not want us to adjust. He does not want us to take inventory. He does not want us to wake up every morning and have proclamations, declarations over our lives and speak life into situations and over our lives and over our families. He does not want us to succeed. He He wants us to be victims instead of victors. And so I think the big thing in this is that we also have to understand, yes, God wants to, uh, he has a huge, great year for us. He has opportunities for us that are there waiting for us to just take steps and take, take those, take those courageous steps to go. Um, but we have to be able to take that step. We have to get up from our couches. We have to um, call somebody and say, hey, this is a dream I've had and I actually think it's right here. I just don't know if I should because of uncertainty. And um, we've talked about cheering. We've talked, he, the enemy does not want certain people in your life because they are cheerleaders in your life and they are encouragers in your life. Um, and so to be honest, we have to remember that the enemy does not want us to succeed in so many ways. And so we have to pray over ourselves. God give us angels. Um, God give us wisdom. Protect our families because through through Christ's strength, we can do so much things. We still have an amazing year ahead of us, and we have people around us, and we have um, just so much potential still for the rest of um, the next week. You know, let's not even talk COVID. The next week, what can happen? But the only way we can do this is like, like Eric's saying, let's do this as a challenge. Let's be brutally honest. Let's let's talk about 
my physical health. Let's talk about my spiritual health, where my emotional health, my, where my mental health is. How about socially? Where's my social health gone in some of this? It's, it's taken a hit in a lot of people's lives. You're not in it alone. There's a lot of people that have, um, have really wrestled through, um, through all of this season. And so you're not alone in all this. But um, the first step is if we're talking about taking inventory, the enemy does not want you to sit down and say, Hmm, let's self-reflect. Let's think about what's working, what's not working. Yeah. You know, during this season, one of my daughters got a splinter in her finger. And um, she came to me a couple days after. I don't, know, I don't know exactly why, if she was afraid of the pain or what it was. But a lot of times, it's, it's being brutal honest is saying, all right, I can ignore the splinter for a while because short, short term, it's not going to, you know, going to save us a little bit of pain. Or we can address it, cause a little bit of pain, but get rid of the splinter so you don't get an infection, right? Being brutally honest says, if I don't deal with this, the infection will cause more complication, worse complications than just having a little bit of pain to get it out. In our lives, if we're not honest and if we don't have to take time to take inventory, we'll essentially set ourselves up for infection, for worse results, because we're not going to take the time to do it. So, so that paradox we talked about, right, the, the Sockdale paradox, we hold out, right, with faith, saying, God, we believe you're going to do the best we can. I live this way all the time. But at the same time, we say, let's, let's be honest about really what's going on right now and let's not let overtake us, you know. Why, why do I, my emotions are so high and what's causing me to feel this way and act out this way. We have to be honest about it, right? Saying God's going to work it out, but what do I need to do now? And then we have to do what we can do, right? And I'm just talking about what needs to be done, but be doers of what we know is, is supposed to happen. Right? Be like James says, be a doer of the word. Like Jesus says, put these words into practice and you'll see the results will come forward, all right? So some of you that are watching, um, maybe on this journey, you're not following Jesus. Maybe you tuned in. This is your first time with us in online service. We're glad you're with us. I want to read a passage of scripture that um, John, one of the disciples, in fact, he was probably the closest disciple to Jesus, he made this statement in a letter he wrote to the church. And, and John, 1 John 1 says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us all our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. John is saying, you have to get brutally honest if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. If we are not willing to admit that we've all messed up, myself included, right? I'm not perfect. I have struggles. I'm human. But if I cannot admit that I am somebody who has sinned, that has a potential to sin, right? Then the truth is not in me. I'm, I'm pretending to be something I'm not. I'm acting. I'm, I'm being a hypocrite, right? And he says, but if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and he'll purify us. So some of you, maybe the first step for being brutal honest is saying, God, I am living in a way that is separated from you. Because you said, I need to be honest about my, my situation, what I'm, what's going on. Well, let's address the spiritual reality first. Are you following Christ? Is he the Lord of your life? Are you putting him in first in all areas? If not, we need to say, God, I'm not. I'm living for myself. I'm living for my pleasure, for my own glory, my own good, right? And at this point, we have to say, God, forgive me of that. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin. And today, I follow you. So today, if you're watching, in fact, uh, this week when I was praying, I had this sense that there's going to be somebody watching today, and I don't I have this every single Sunday, but every now and then I do, that there's going to be somebody that's watching, and they're kind of on the, on the fence, right? They're, they're, they're on the hinge of potentially doing some amazing things and potentially doing some really destructive things. And depending on what they do today and how they move forward, will determine if it's going to be destruction or if it's going to be success. Um, and I had this sense that this person is not just an individual that's like, man, you should make the right choice. But there's so much potential in somebody who's watching that if they miss this opportunity, 
they miss the opportunity to impact a lot of people and make a difference in their life, make a difference in those around them. And today, if you're watching, maybe you're, that's you. As you're listening, you're thinking, that's me. I'm kind of on the, on the, on the fence. Like, I want to do my own thing, but I also want to do, I, I, I know God's calling me to do something different. I just encourage you, your life matters, and God wants to use you to do something great with your life. Go all in. Don't hold, don't hold back. Don't hold on to what was. Say, God, I'm all in. I'm going to be honest about my situation. I'm going to break free from those things that are holding me back. I'm going to move forward with you. So if that's you today, would you pray with me? I'll lead you to prayer just saying, God, I invite you to my life. Forgive me. I admit that I've messed up. All right, just pray this with me. So if you're watching you want to pray, invite God in your life. Say this. Say, Father God, today I need your help. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I've messed up. That my mistakes have led me away from you. Today, I invite you to come into my life. Lead me. Guide me. I put my trust in you. God, thank you for sending Jesus to give us an example of how to live and a way to have a relationship with you. Thank you for letting him die on that cross for me in my place. Thank you that he's alive today has good plans for me. Today, I say yes. Come into my life. Lead me in a new direction. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome. Hey, if you pray that prayer, I want to say I celebrate with you. Welcome to the family of God. And we're so glad that uh, you prayed that. And my prayer is that moving forward, you'll commit everything you have, right? You, you'll say, God, I, I, I give you it all. I move forward with what you're asking me to do. I, I'm, I'm going to put my trust in you. And that's my prayer. If you pray that prayer, would you let me know by filling out the connection card? There's a box to check. I'll send you a free resource that gives you some tools and some help on what to, the next steps to take. And uh, we'd love to be able to help partner with you on, the, on, on this journey just to help you move forward with, with Christ. All right.